Hi, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast about marriage, divorce, and the crazy adventures of co-parenting with your hosts, April and Lauren. Join us each week as the wife and former wife of the same man discuss a topic straight from their personal experiences of what it takes to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively co-parenting six children. Welcome to episode 65. This week was our first week of virtual learning for our kids. So I hope I don't jinx that by saying that it was all well on the home front. It was. It was pretty decent. I have to post a picture. I meant to send it to you. I walked in one day this week. I think it was Tuesday. And they were all sitting at the table. Jackson was sitting in Tanner's lap, which is like it was so hard melting. It was. Because they don't always get along Mm -hmm. so well. But they were all doing their homework and Tanner was helping them and it just made that is the most precious thing after this week i needed all the help i could get we got a small taste of what the next few months will entail for us because john has been away for training so lauren and i have been on the single mom status i was a little rusty oh (laughs) yeah it's my everyday life so (laughs) (laughs) it was a welcome aboard at least you know when you and i have things that we need to take care of john's there to yeah, pitch in part. and take the kids, and we had to just rely on everybody and their brother, literally. literally. <laughs> so we have depended on everybody that we could think of this week, and we just want to say thanks so much for helping us, all of our friends that have assisted with, especially my needy self this week. Last You're welcome. Week- <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. You really did. You're always. I was. This is so sad, but it's not because for us, it's just so normal that the one person that you can always count on is your husband's ex-wife. <laughs> Who happens to be your best friend, but it's kind of sick to think that, you know, I'll take that title. I think I really am the world's coolest ex-wife. Yeah, I'm the world's coolest new wife. You are. Oh, for sure. Hands down. (laughs) Just not many people have this relationship that we have. And it's just interesting always to me. Anyway, last week we talked about co-parenting from a male perspective and John and Jake joined us for that episode. So if you haven't had a chance to listen, go catch up with that. In honor of women's equality this week, we decided to write about finding our voice and I knew it wouldn't be a problem for Lauren because <laughs> she always has her voice. But first off, since I'm an equal opportunity type person and lover of all people, I want to shout out to all the amazing men in our lives. We love you and we're not trying to leave you out or our male followers. But this week, we just wanted to focus on the ladies. So it's fair. I'll tell you something I need. I know that you and I are all about women's empowerment, but this week really lit a fire in me. I don't want to get too deep into it because I want to keep politics out of our chaos for the most part. That being said, I've kind of felt like a turd of a woman. Why? Like I'm not a real woman because during Whiskey Wednesday, if you guys don't watch our Whiskey Wednesday, you really need to. I learned so many things about being a woman mm-hmm. and about like history, which is not my strong suit anyway, but women's empowerment is something that I never knew. You know, I mean, I knew like women's yeah. empowerment, but just not what all you didn't know it was an actual like it encompassed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't even feel like I deserve to have a bra to burn. That's okay. I burn everything. So, so I can just give it to you. <laughs> you yeah. can you give can it, put it to in me. the yard and burn it. That's fine. <sighs> not only did I feel like a big dummy, but I've learned so so much this week, even outside of the history lessons, how women don't have privileges and rights that men do still today. Yes, I don't get it. 
I think maybe I need to visit the White House or something. There you go. That's where we should. Hey, Trump, can you hear me? I'm out here. If you don't like Jesus, then you need to turn down your volume for this part. And then I'll pray for you tonight because I'm going to tell you something. When I was doing research on women's rights, I found an article about what the Bible says about mothers. And it basically said that trying to determine if men or women are more important is like comparing the difference of whether water or air is more important to a person. It's useless to try to decide who's better according to God because men and women are equal in the eyes of the creator. And that is mm-hmm. powerful. It is. Like we already knew that, but still, yes, you're, everybody's equal, but you can't you have one without the other. Don't feel like it should be a difference between men and women. We could get lost in this all day, but I did have an idea. People love when we get personal. So I thought you and I could explain a little more in detail about how we found our voice, kind of what we wrote in the blog mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. So if you want to go first, you are more than welcome. So you want me to just dive into everything just, that I wrote about? Yeah. Well, I mean, I wrote, you know, I, I've always kind of had my voice. I just learned how to um, keep it quiet <laughs> for the most part. There's a lot that I'll be vocal about most of the time. If you know me, you know that I hold back nothing. I do know you. But when it comes to standing up for myself, I think that's really what I was talking about. Um, and that's so interesting I know. for me to hear from you because you are so strong-willed. Yes. And I, as a kid, I always was a tattler. I was always the bossy one. I was always the first to boast about something or be very take charge. Even with my siblings, you can t- you can ask any of them. I was the bossiest sister in the world. So your kids really do take after they you. They do. Yes. <laughs> 100%. But the older I got, things happened to me as a woman And I found myself in situations where saying nothing at all made the situation better. And so even though I knew it and I could talk about it with my friends or even some of my family members, I didn't feel the need to plaster anything. I didn't feel the need to shout hashtag me too. Um, That whole movement even... I should have definitely, I mean, that's, that's a movement every woman can almost be behind, but it's one that after you've been through that situation time and time again, or, or even if it's just one time, however things, I guess, evolved around it, it does have an impact on your voice and your stance. And the older I got, the older I became when it happened, it was, it was almost more of a, why did, why did this, I was raped, you know, uh, but I, why did it happen now? When I'm supposed to be my strongest yeah. and I can definitely say no and I can definitely, you know, stand up for myself. Why is it happening now? And I think it was a challenge to the silence that I had put on myself for several years, um, either during my marriage or after my marriage. And it wasn't I wouldn't have probably still done anything hadn't it been for the women that were in my life. And it's always women that I feel most empowered. I've always said this. I am such a girl's girl. Yeah. Not that I hate men, but I've never been one of those girls that's like, you know, oh, I only want to hang out with boys. I actually don't. Yeah. I might have a very masculine energy, but I don't want to hang out with a bunch of dudes. It's like not my favorite thing. I find it just annoying. I love hanging out with women. I love the strength and the the stories that I hear and the lessons that I learn because I'm like, wow, I can so relate to you. Thank you. Now, let me tell you one of mine. You learn something from them and you gain something Mm -hmm. from them. I'm never jealous or insecure around other women. Well, sometimes I look at women. I'm like, God, you're perfect. Beauty is one. I don't know. Beauty, yeah. 
yeah, you can be like envious of someone's beauty. But as far as like someone that just speaks so well or has like this incredible story, I'm like, I want to be like that. Yeah, successful women, I'm never jealous never of. Never intimidated I'm so proud by. Of. Yes. I, I feed off of it and they make me want to be a better person. I like being able to be like, I'm this. I'm the same as her. I'm yeah. a girl too. Like yeah. th- we're the same. We came from the same cloth. It's very empowering. It is. So how 100%. about you? What did you write from? I wrote from a point of just somewhat, somewhat like you, because I wanted people to know that I've not always been this loud and annoying and obnoxious, that I was very <laughs> quiet and I've not always been a chihuahua. No, I've not always been a chihuahua. No, I was like a cat more and I'm not even a cat person, but I was very quiet and I think Raised in the South, I always say that, but I do feel like how you're raised and where you're raised has a lot to do with the type of personality you have. That's fair. Yeah. And I think people from the South, like we're just raised on old values and, you know, women are seen and not heard. And that's Mm -hmm. what I thought. My great grandmother, I can remember to this day telling me, you know, you're going to get married and you're going to take care of your husband and your kids. And that's your job. Make sure your dinner's cooked every night and his clothes are washed and the house is clean and you look presentable. And that's what I thought I was supposed to do to be a good person. And, I, and you don't talk back. So you always hear as a kid from your mom, don't talk back to me. Don't talk back to me. I took that as, and I know she meant don't disrespect me, but I took it as don't have a voice. Don't speak unless spoken to. Right. And so it just carried over and I never had a strong male influence in my life. So when I married and it wasn't a great marriage, I just did what he said. You assume that's what men were. That's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So I never actually had an opinion on anything. Then I became, I mean, I was always very insecure, but I became even more insecure the older I got. And I even found myself not If I knew an answer to something, I wouldn't even raise my hand or I wouldn't tell anybody my opinion. Hey, have you been to this restaurant? I I had and I loved it, but I wouldn't even say anything because I was so scared of being judged. Simple things like that. It's just so weird now because I have an opinion about everything. So I don't know why I was ever like that. But I was reading what you wrote and I know that I've always asked you to talk about that. And I would love to go like really into detail on an entire episode one time. And I... I wondered, like, how is she so brave that she is able to say that and not worry about what anybody thinks or not be ashamed or anything? And and I've had so many things happen to me that I've literally never told a soul because I'm just so ashamed. Like, it's it's my fault. I think it's one because when I finally told it to someone, which it was you first. Yeah. Well, Heather was really first because she was the night it happened. But I've told you and and I told my mom. And so when you're telling the people that you love the most and they're accepting and understanding and on your like on your battlefield with you, I've always felt like that. I've always felt like I am braver when I don't feel alone and I, I don't feel alone in life. So anything that comes at me, yeah, it's sad and it's a scary, you know, tragedy and trauma, but I'm not alone. I always held on to who's the person sitting next to me right now, holding my hand through all this, who's not judging me, who's not afraid to listen to every detail, you know? Yeah. That's where I think your strength comes from is look who you have in your circle. And if you're not willing to tell someone in your circle, your deepest, darkest things, get them out of your circle. I really that just hits me so bad. And I spoke about that when I wrote this week that I did rely on people so much to be my voice. And I wanted to learn how to have my own voice on my own. And 
I think you and I get along so well and we're so close because you remind me so much of my sister and when we were growing up because she's very outspoken much more than me Mm -hmm. and she's the type of person that just doesn't take crap from anybody but I can remember if somebody picked on her in school, she would come to me. Hey, you need to go beat up so-and-so because they're picking on me. My like, sister's nice. Literally three way. foot tall. What am I supposed to do? But I would go right to that big person and just run my mouth. And like it was nothing because I was standing up for my sister. Yeah. But I couldn't do it for myself. Mm-hmm. And then when you came along, I'm like, oh, she's strong. She's going to be my voice. No, I'm your voice sometimes. We pull it out but of each other. Right, in different Areas. Yes. It's not funny. It's weird. It's so weird and strange. It's very strange. Every missing part of my voice I found in you and vice versa. Because I've noticed myself being able to give my voice to you. On things that, you know, we better not say because then we'll be in trouble. But still, it's just, I know that was so interesting to me. And I really do one day want us to go. We'll have to dive into. Very deep. All of the things. Um, but for so long, I think I just convinced myself I wasn't enough for people. And I've I've heard you say this exact same thing. But I was not enough for this person. I was too much for that person. And I think there just comes a point where you have to realize that those people don't matter. If you're too much for them, yeah. they're not your people. Exactly. What matters is that you're right for you. Yeah. And you're what you need. Listen, I'm too much for myself sometimes, but I'm the only one that has to live with me every day. So, I mean, I'm finer than frog hair. So I know I'm okay. (laughs) But I know that I'm just not some people's cup of tea and it's okay. It's completely okay. I don't lose sleep over it. Don't come over and try to be sipping on my tea then. I'm yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you a few questions and get both of our points of view on this. These may be a little over my head, but I'm going to give it a try. (laughs) Did you Google these? I Googled it. She didn't even read them. She talked to me and paste them from Google. What do you think are some important qualities of an empowered woman? Strength. um, Self-confidence. Oh, I love that. Self-confidence. And grit. You gotta have a little grit to you. G word. Yeah, I like it. But I think that if you don't have those things, you will wallow in self-pity and hopelessness. And it will carry you down a very spiraling path whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want to be that kind of woman. Nobody does. But if you don't look inside of you and find your own grit and your own strength, no one else is. No one else is going to give it to you. No one else's forgiveness is going to make you have more of it. It comes from you. Hold on to that. I think that makes you empowered. That makes you feel like I did this myself, which kind of like, you know, inflates your ego a little it bit. Does. It keeps it up. Yeah. It keeps you afloat. I think that in my mind, an empowered woman is strong, but she's intelligent and she's independent. Oh, yes. Because she's got the knowledge to do whatever it takes to get what she wants and what she needs. And she has the independence to do it no matter if anybody likes it or if anybody's there with her helping her or not. You know what? Um, I've never really had this related to me before, but I had someone use this word and I sat on it for a while. Resilient. Oh, love it. Resilience is one of the most empowering things you can realize that you are. My sister used to joke and say that I'm the only person she knows that hits rock bottom because there's a trampoline down there and I just live and bounce up up and down. But that's my resiliency. I'm not afraid of sitting at rock bottom. I can get myself back up no matter what. If you've done it before, you can do it again. You can. And I could like almost get emotional when you say that because I can think about all the women in my life that I've watched do that. And I think that's part of why I am the way I am. And I always want to 
take over and help and mm-hmm. fix things because I've watched so many people that I love and I still do even right now today. I've watched you do it. Mm-hmm. I've watched my family do it. I've watched my mother do it. And it it's so hard. If I were in their place, I would give up. I will say that there were times looking back when I was in a place that I wished someone would help me and no one did. And I look back now and I'm grateful that no one did. Yes, because you learned. I learned. That's where my resiliency. Mm-hmm. I can say that I am a resilient person now. I am a strong person because to had someone given me the easy way out. What kind of person would I be? I don't know. But I like you this person that I am now. Like you are now. Yes. And that where I say that I think I would just give up. Well, I look back at all the things I have been through. And I'm like, well, that's so much worse than this. So I would right. give up. I'm resilient. Yeah. I but I look at that person, I'm like, oh, I would just never be able to do that. I could never do that because I would just give up. No, I don't give up. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I'm I'm I don't give up. I will still just do it. I'm You're still, still kicking. I'm old and kicking. <laughs> There's some real interesting stuff going on in the world right now. You're right about that. You know, the one thing that always makes me feel like I'm making a difference, though, is purchasing and using products that are better for the environment. I could not agree more. One of my favorite things is our latest discovery, Real Paper, the tree-free toilet paper made from 100% bamboo. There are no inks, dyes, or BPA, just natural bamboo toilet paper. That's right. Real Paper is three-ply, providing extra comfort for softness and strength. The packaging is plastic free. Even the tape is made from paper. You can even get it conveniently delivered to your doorstep with free shipping as often as you would like. That means never having to worry about running out again. What's even better, every rule you purchase helps fund access to clean toilets for those in need. How could you not want to improve the quality of life for disadvantaged people around the world? Absolutely. So join us in the pursuit of environmental sustainability by reducing waste and helping make the world a cleaner place for our children. You can purchase real paper today by visiting www.realpaper.com. And be sure to use our special code chaos that's c-h-a-o-s to receive 25 percent off your order a big thank you to real paper for sponsoring this episode do you think it's possible to maintain here oh this this Ooh, because you know how i am <laughs> do you think it's possible to maintain your femininity while also being empowered I do. Yes. If that's the type of woman that you are. Absolutely. Because don't you find that, or I do, maybe you don't agree. You look at empowered women and I think men find them to be more masculine. Or intimidating. Or intimidating. Right. Intimidating. So how do I be empowered, but still wear my high heels and be bougie and drink my Starbucks? Backwards in high heels, girl. (laughs) I mean, we can do it. Now, I'm not a feminine you know, woman, that's not probably my, I wouldn't classify it's weird as that. Like, I feel like feminine women are so beautiful. You are one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Ew. No kidding. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that because I'm looking at you. I, I'm saying that because it's true. I've said it before. But you aren't no. very feminine. Mm-mm, like, I'm you not. burp and you mm-hmm. do the other thing. And then. Yeah, and I'm just like, my hair is, right now, if you could see me, I've worked all day long. But my hair is exactly how it was before I went to bed last night. Yeah. Like, I just woke up and rolled out of bed. And not to say that I'm, like, naturally pretty because I'm definitely you are but I don't the feminine things aren't yeah you don't care about like oh I need this style of clothing or this brand or this bag I'm more casual you're very yeah but you just are 
you're but classic. I'm still girly. And, like, I'm yeah, still girly. Yeah, you're I don't girly. look, you know, I don't think I look too much like a tomboy all the Absolutely time. Absolutely not. Um, but I love, I, and you know, because I talk about this with you all the time, how you are always so fancy in everything know, you I do and everything you, you know, show up at. I'm always like, oh my God, she's so fancy. Like she goes to a fancy job and <laughs> fancy clothes. But you know what? There is a benefit Set to having a, a friend. Table. To have a friend like this because when I need to buy, borrow a dress, which by the way, I have to give you yours back. I have to just go up the street. Yeah. Because she has all the fancy shoes and all the fancy See? dresses and I don't have to buy I anything. I come in handy. You I'm really do. It comes in handy. See? So it is possible to still oh, be I think so, yes. girly girl, but still rock the world. Why do you think it's considered offensive for women to speak their minds? It depends on who you're speaking them to, I guess. I feel like for men, some men, I'm not saying all men, could find it offensive because, yeah, it's intimidating and then they feel less macho or masculine or something. I don't know. But I don't think there's a lot of women out there that would feel offended by other women speaking their minds. I don't think so. There are some, though. Unless those are the type of women that just haven't found their voice yet. And they're just kind of offended by it because they they actually want to find their voice. Or but certain religions, certain just certain types of people, they don't believe that women should really have a strong voice. They don't believe that women should be leaders. That's fair. I think other generations don't believe that. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. And I don't know that. Like you said, I don't personally know any other women that think that women should just sit down and shut up. But I was one of those women. That's how I I was one of those children. I grew up thinking, you know, I should just sit there and not say anything. And now I will say, because as I was raised in the South, my mom and my mom's family are from the North and like the women are very quiet, but that's just because we have small voices. Yes. Like actual like vocal voices. (laughs) They are spitfires. Yes. There is no, you know, she has her role. I mean, like, sure, my grandmother cooks and and cleans for my grandfather. But let me tell you, she wears the pants in that family. And I wrote that this week. And I thought I was rereading last night when I was editing and making like I always do like a final little go through. Is everything okay? And I thought somebody is going to be really offended by what I wrote because I just kept referencing I, I respect my husband, but I still want to do this. And I respect my husband, but he wears the pants and he's the leader. And I hope that people really understood what I meant by that. I did because I can understand. Like, right. I, you I know me in culture. See, right. And you so I understand. But I, you know that in my house. Yes, I don't ever. I don't disrespect my husband. But he doesn't disrespect me in that manner. But we have roles. We oh, have. Yeah. We both do dishes. We both clean yes. toilets. We yes. both work in the yard. We both take care of kids. It's not. I don't think I knew what type of woman I was going to be until I became a mom of boys. Yeah. And I only say that because I realized I and I'm no offense to the type of woman you are, but like I wanted my role as a boy mom to be that of. And I think we do a very good job, you and I, of facilitating this really well-rounded view for them of what all women are. There are going to be women that are heels and has a perfectly cooked meal on the table and you should respect her. And there are also going to be women that are going to make you cook your dinner. And if you don't fold your laundry, it's going to sit on the floor. So there's things that we are teaching these boys. And to me, that's when I found my 
who I wanted to be as a woman. I wanted to raise men that were fully capable of growing up and taking care of themselves and not expecting a woman to do those things. However, appreciating and respecting a woman that does. Yes. And that I I wanted to switch gears anyway and talk about how this women's empowerment will correlate with marriage, divorce, co-parenting. But I will say this. Parenting is just hard. I mean, you know that. I know that. We all know that. It's just you do the things that you think are right and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. But nobody ever knows really what's the exact formula. I've looked at other people's children. I'm like, I wonder what those parents are doing, because those children look like they're much more well-behaved than our children. Or Oh, you know, I think every mom, every woman, every mother, even father has done that a time or two in their lives. But I'll say that you've done this for me. I'm a toughest critic as a mom. I always wonder what I've done wrong as a mother or what I could improve as a mother. But you've empowered me to not enable my kids mm-hmm. because I think and it, and here's where I think women are going to be mad at me because my daughters, I raised them to be very independent and I raised them to do their laundry from the time they mm-hmm. were five years old and get in the kitchen and learn to cook and make their own food and, and do things. And now I have this son who sits down at the table and I serve him. To be fair, my mom did the same thing. <laughs> and my <Hey> dad. <laughs> but my dad did as well. Because I, um, the flip side of my family, I have my bio dad. So I am his only daughter. He has three sons. And then me. And I, he was tougher on me than all of my brothers. I was supposed to just be able to do it and figure it out. And I had to go to college and I had to do all of these things. He was extremely, extremely tough on me, which I hated as a child. But now I'm very appreciative for it. I'm appreciative that my mom and my dad, like I learned to cook. I learned to do all the things on my own, you know, Mm -hmm. or self-taught or my mom helping me because it makes me very independent now. And be okay with who I am now. But I want my boys to be the same way. Yeah. But it is hard because then you got that baby. It's the baby. Yeah. It's not even all the other ones. I don't it's know. The baby. But I feel like it's, if it would have been a baby girl, I feel like I may have done the same thing and made her do all the things. Isn't and that I, funny as women? I think my mom, because my mom was always a stay at home mom and raising children. And she loved that role though, but her daughters did not. None of us are stay at home moms. Like my sister and I both have careers. Yes. And we love my mom for who she is, but she taught us to be what she wasn't almost because she was always afraid to do it. So she almost passed her voice on of what she always wanted to be onto us. And that's who we became. Oh, my mom definitely passed her voice to me. She's not afraid (laughs) to say anything. Love your mom. I (laughs) love my mom too. Yes. I I mean, we have great moms and I think they've taught us a lot about how to be very strong women in in so many aspects. And I just, I, I wish I, I hope that I can do that. I think I've done that for my girls. I oh, really you do. So have. Those they, girls have big voices. They do. And they are They're not afraid to, to use them. Yes. And I just, you know, I'm only a boy mom of one boy. So I don't yeah. know how to do things. But Roy and I were talking this morning and we were trying to decide things about Tanner and discuss all these things. And Tanner comes in and he's doing his remote learning and he sits at the table and he's like, Mom, I'm hungry. And I'm like, okay, what do you want? And Roy says, um, then get up and get your own food. And I was like, well, he doesn't do that here. And he said, oh, really? Well, why don't you teach your mom what you learned staying at your dad's? Oh, yeah. You know how to make a sandwich. You know how to do the laundry. You know how to mow the yard. You know how to clean your room. He doesn't do those things here. And I don't enforce it. And I'm 
today, I, today I make a change. <laughs> today I make a change. I'm going to make these boys start doing things. I've told you that since uh, you the beginning. Ha- I know you have. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't. I need to just do it. And part of it isn't just because they're boys. Part of it is because I'm a control freak. You like it to be done a certain and way. And I do want and it to be done. Fair. But even in therapy, a couple of years ago when John and I got married, the woman says, you need to make those kids do things. Mm-hmm. You don't, you need to not do all the chores. You need to let them do it. And so what if they don't load the dishwasher right? Oh, absolutely. I know, but that's what I'm going to think about all day long. Oh my God, they put the bowls in where the plates go and the knives with the forks. You go. should watch them fold laundry. I mean, it's painful. Oh gosh, it'll make me To vomit. me, it's getting done and it's, they're learning to help. You're right. You are so right. And I am not there to do everything. That's not my job. Now, cooking you for nine months, that was my job. And keeping you alive, that's my job. But you're going to pitch in because you're a member of this family just like I am. You know what? I've lost my voice in my own house. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I have allowed them to control me and to to train me almost to just do whatever. And I, I find that, I, and even this week when we were all alone, it's just mm-hmm. the two of us, I was so stressed because I mean, you know, I work full time. I do all these other things. We have this business and I'm trying to make sure that everybody's doing their own thing. And I told you this when you came over one morning or one afternoon that I had such a problem with the boys getting them ready that morning. They always help you. They always do things for you, like they do their laundry at your house. And, yes. And they don't here because they know that I'm just going to go do it. Well, no wonder they, they hate my house. <laughs> I'm just the main they mom. cracked the code. Yeah. I'm the main one, but you don't, you make them do more chores. So. I do. We're, we're very well-rounded. I, that's what I'm telling you. These boys are not going to know. They're going to go on and date and you know whoever they date they're gonna people are different across the board right but no matter what whatever kind of person that they get they're gonna know to respect them oh yeah and they're gonna know how to deal with it this person's kind of like my my one mom mom. (laughs) all right how can women be more empowered how can we tell women to learn to speak up for not, and I say that, and I don't mean to be belligerent and to be obnoxious and whatever. I mean, how do we tell them? What advice do we give them to say, hey, don't be afraid? I think the first thing to do is just stop making apologies for anything that you feel like you've fallen short on. Sorry or, is my favorite word. Yeah. Stop making apologies. Live your life unapologetically. Yes. No matter what that looks like. You may not even be fully happy with where you are in life, but you don't need to apologize for anything. You just need to get up the next day and do exactly what makes you happy and you feel free. What what's what's attaching itself to you that you feel so connected to that it just keeps you at least going for the day. Yeah. I know I joke a lot about, you know, me doing everything a certain way and kind of being not as outspoken, but I really am. I really do have a voice. I'm very independent and I am not afraid to tell the truth and to say what's on my mind. And you can do that in a tactful way. You can do yes. that in a kind way. See, and I think that's where you're you're you are. You speak your mind tactfully. I don't. So then I just choose not to speak. You know, the yeah. whole saying, like, if you don't right. have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Because you just, it, it's an art. It is. You know, because I've been like that. That's why I think I was so quiet for so long. And I thought, I really want to say this. But I know that when I say it, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. And I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. And yes. I just don't want to be that person. But now I've learned to be honest, but to say how I feel. And what I want to do, or I think what I want to say to other women is, don't be afraid. I've been afraid for so many years to just 
basically have an opinion, not even speak, but just have an opinion, have words, have a voice. And you're like paranoid about what's going to come Absolutely, yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. Or that it's going to hurt somebody. It doesn't matter. It's your voice. Yes. Say what you need to say. It's your truth. It is your truth. And you also need to understand that you have to look out for yourself. Nobody else is going to do that for you. It's true. You've got to care about yourself or you're not going to be able to make it in the world. I mean, people will eat you alive. Yes. If you, they, it's almost like they prey on the weak. Oh, for real. Yes, they do. They do. And the more I've grown as a person, as a woman, I look around and I see that so much and it just makes me so sad. And I referenced this in the blog this week and gosh, I just, I've not been able to get it off my mind since it happened, but you know, people reach out to us constantly. And this woman had reached out and was asking, you know, here's exactly what she said. She wanted to be friends with her husband's ex-wife and nobody wanted her to be. And it just, I don't know why it fired me up. I guess because it was it's so it because it personal. comes co- close to home. Yeah, it, it co- does. It close to home. And it's happened. Mm-hmm. And I've had that, oh, you know, be careful, don't do it. And you have as well. Yes. But I want to tell her, you know what? Because I just, I look at her and she probably isn't even what I'm imagining. But I'm imagining this timid little precious, sweet, fragile person. woman sitting over there like, oh. You know, I don't know what to do. And I just want to pull her up. And I want to say, you know what? You do what you want to do. Yeah. You don't let anybody tell you what to do. And if it backfires, it backfires. Then, oh, you well. You did something. Yeah, that's good. But you that's, took a stand. Yes. And you, here's the other thing. It, she's just, ah, she's me. And she says, I see something in this woman that nobody sees. They've told me how bad she is and all these horrible things. And I don't see that woman. I see a good person and I see a potential. And I just want to say, you know what? I didn't give up on the person I saw potential in and I saw good in. And I think my goodness and your goodness, we feed off of each other. We do. And I want this woman to know that and to say, Hey husband, Hey family, I love you and I respect you, but I have to do what's right for me. And ultimately what's right for our family. Yes. And that is being a good person to these children whom I love the person that created them. I will say women have a magical power and it's intuition. Yes. And our intuition, when you sync up with a woman that you are just meant for, uh, feeds off of each other. Our intuition from the start, I think was very accurate about one another, but we were terrified of it. And everything that fell as far as us being enemies kind of had us questioning it over and over and over. But there comes a time when you're like, no, something feels very right. Something is right here. Mm -hmm. So I've got to keep going towards this right. I'm not going to let anything else stop this anymore. And that's where I think I have that in me so much that it makes me not give up on anything. And that's being a mom. And also, I mean, sometimes it, I mean, it it has its downfalls and it can backfire because I think, but that part of me is just stubborn. It's not the part that's determined, but I don't want anybody to not go after what they want or Mm -hmm. what they think is the right thing. At least you can say that you have tried. And at the end of the day, that's a very consoling feeling knowing that your heart was in a very good place. I think if you listen to other people and you let them silence you, you always have in the back of your mind a what if. Yes. And well, would this have worked had I done things differently? Well, you're not going to know until you do it. Don't ever live your life with what ifs. No. And don't live your life in because then you look back on your life and then you have, well, I would, I wish I could have. That's right. And, and you missed out. And you could have this magical friendship. What can I say? I'm a real gem. <laughs> Who wouldn't want you? 
apparently I mean, a lot of people, including your husband. <laughs> oh, I'm glad he does it now. And me too. <laughs> oh, geez. You know what I want? I want this. I want every woman when this is over, don't pause my podcast and don't turn us off either. I want you to scream like as loud as you can. Oh, I love doing that. Just scream. Not, not, not. I mean, if it's out of anger, that's fine. I did it in the car yesterday. Scream out of anger. Scream out of happiness. Hear yourself. Yeah. Just hear yourself. Find your you're voice. beautiful. It's it's amazing. And when you find that, everybody's going to be sorry. You're going to feel free. You're never going to stop. Freedom is the best. It's the best look. <gasps> this week, our world's okayest mom segment. And you're either going to laugh or you're going to roll your eyes, probably both, <laughs> at this week's segment. We have a stepmom asking for advice. And she wants to know if any other stepmoms like to get their kids clothes back from the bio mom. <laughs> stepmom says that bio mom thinks she's so weird and annoying when she asks for the kids clothes back. And the stepmom's reasoning is that the clothes are nice and they were purchased by her and the children's father. Plus, they have a child together and she uses them as hand-me-downs for her child. She's very hurt and upset at the way the bio mom makes her feel stupid when she asks for the clothes to return with the children. So what do we have for her? Well, we've already been down this road. Now, haven't we? We used to buy the crappiest clothes for our kids. No kidding. And it was the same outfit and they would have to come back in it on Sunday or go with it on Friday or whatever the exchange day was. And now, to be quite frank, I think I have Tanner's clothes down at my house. Yes, you do. So I honestly do not care. Um, None of it matters. I think that was a control thing. Easily. Hashtag Walmart because I went and bought, I want to say their brand is Grandmals. Yeah. Yeah. I, like the $3 shorts yep. and the $2 shirts or whatever. And I bought them each two of those mm-hmm. type of outfits. And that's what they left in. And that's what they came back in. And that's what in. they came back in. And yep. we did that. And it was so ridiculous. It was actually so the stupidest thing in the entire And planet. now if you have a relationship, like... For their, we had different roles this year for school, and you had this year school yes. supplies. We had school clothes. Perfect. So I go out, and I mean, I first, well, I think even in the beginning of the summer, I ordered a bunch of clothes. You did, from yeah, them sure. because it was COVID. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a bunch of clothes and a couple pairs of shorts and some swim trunks and whatever, and they were nice. I mean, they're from Macy's. They were good things. I don't know where half of those are. I don't know where half of those but are. But it doesn't matter. It matters that our kids are so happy. Yes. And Jackson comes out the other morning to get ready for school, and he's wearing Jets pants. I'm like, dude, you can't wear your brother's pants because he's five and you're almost 10. Yes. So they're like Daisy Dukes, and it's not well, okay. And then I think there was like this phase during the summer where I don't even know how we got caught up in this. I don't remember a lot of the COVID. I'm already starting to forget it and black it out. <laughs> but like... Our kids were in pajamas a lot because oh, we were at yes. home, you know? Yeah. And so for whatever reason, I think it was the weeks like you had finally started going back to work and I was about to, but I hadn't yet. And so by the afternoons, they were in normal people clothes and then they would get sent in pajamas. So towards the end of the summer, I had all the pajamas, like yes. every pajama owned by our children, I had and underwear and socks. And then all you had was like shorts Close. and shirts. Mm-hmm. And, and they I'm like, even okay, we need to like throw all these together and like sort this out. Yes. We went through a phase where they had morning pajamas and afternoon, and afternoon pajamas. pajamas. <laughs> You're like, okay, I don't even know if you need a bath today. Because I can always, yeah, Christmas pajamas in the middle of summer. But I always notice that if they've had a bath or not by if they've got the pajamas on. Oh yeah. Well, they're wearing pajamas constantly. I'm like, I don't even know the last time you bathed. I don't know the last time. Socks are the one thing I hate the most. I try. I think at one point we, we didn't tried buying packs for both houses at the same time. Yes, and inevitably they're gone. Well, then I find them on your feet. <laughs> I do wear those. I wear Jackson's. Socks. And then, yeah, to be fair, I wear Jackson. I bought them socks for school to start. They're all gone. 
And I mean, you know, probably the dogs eating them, whatever. But I can't find a single sock in my There's house. no socks. We have like socks eight pair of underwear. Are the last pair of socks that are owned Looks at my like house. We're gonna go buy some more grandma I'm not, socks. I'm not buying socks anymore. <laughs> I'm done buying socks. They you can go barefoot. barefoot flops. I think though, for this poor woman, bless her heart. Just who cares? I mean, it is kind of trivial. It, it, at the end of the day, if your kids are happy, who cares? And I don't know. Maybe you have girls. Maybe their clothing matters more. But like, but there's here's the thing. We are those people because yeah. I do care about things, and you let them wear shorts and cowboy boots and yeah, a wife beater. <laughs> so whatever they want, to whatever put on. they want, that's what they do. And I'm like, okay, you need to match this, and you need to match that, yes. and here we go. And we're going to do all this, and we're going to look great. It doesn't matter. You're two different personalities, and it's, it's fine. true. Yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, my kids are a reflection of me. If they look back, no, that little brat dressed if you, itself. If you and, had known what it's yeah. like to dress them and the fit that I don't yeah. feel like putting up with for you 20 minutes. You told me that in the beginning because I've always, like, make them look presentable. And you're like, who cares? Like, don't t- pick your battles and that fight isn't worth it. And I'm that like, you know what? definitely not. They are going to pick up their clothes. And if they look pitiful and they have every shade of purple that they own on, <laughs> like an 89-year-old woman, hey, you do you, boo. And I'm going to sit here and... And you know what? It's going to probably be on your first day of school photo and yeah. you're going to have to suffer with it later when we put it in your high school yearbook. Yeah. What was Jack went through the phase last year where it was all black? Yeah. Oh, yes. All black. Every day. Black Every shorts, picture day, shirt. it's a bow tie. So, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I probably wouldn't choose that, but he chose it. So he wears a bow tie for that in the graduation of school every year. Hey, he thinks that he's sexy. He thinks he's a scientist already. Tie. Yeah. So, so wear the bow tie. Here's what you do. If it's really bad, you blame the dad. Oh, always. That's what we do. I mean, but to be fair, John has no fashion sense and neither do I. So really, we mixed our kids with really bad genetics. Plus their hearts. <laughs> they didn't stand it. They're going to need. We just need to hope we make it big so they can get personal shoppers. <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about us, visit our website at www.wifestales.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're the first to know about all our upcoming events. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. We would love for you to subscribe and review our podcast. Always remember, with prayer, anything is possible.